Hi! Oh, I just killed the theme song completely there instead of lightly potting it down. I still heard it. I just I, I killed it on the board really quick, just accidentally. Oh. I was trying to work the board and do other things at once. It's never never easy. Uh, anyway, uh, it's been a busy week. That's why we're a little late. I had to get some things done. I had to make the artwork for YouTube. And I did, uh, I looked up some stuff last night to get my mind right on it, but I still didn't pull my clips until tonight to play within the show. I knew what I was talking about, but I just didn't have my audio accompaniment. That's why I did it during, um, my free time today. <laughs> yeah, uh, our work's kind of like kindergarten. You, you get free, you get a nap, you get free time, there's cookies. <laughs> Kids eating glue. Kids eating glue, yes. Well, well grown man, men eating glue. Man-children. Man-children, man pretty children. much. Yeah. But uh, it was a... A nice day. We hit uh, in the 60s here, and the, the the snow... It's not all melted, but it's, it's starting to melt. <clears throat> yeah, now I get to see my beautiful new uh, uh, vol course that they installed in my backyard. Yeah, welcome to the world of having voles in your yard. I never had that. I don't. I don't. I think I'm pretty sure my previous home, like it was so toxic, nothing could actually live back there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so now, yeah, I'm like, what the hell is that? Oh, it's voles. Yeah. Fortunately, I have lots and lots of snakes. So. Yeah, they, those um, come with the voles. Uh, last year, early in spring, we found the voles, thinking there were mice at first, and then realizing, no, no. These are voles. Uh, and then we found, I found my first snake hole, which had a vole uh, skeleton in it. <laughs> Ooh. So. Uh, and I think my in my first week here, go away, Adobe. I don't need you. Uh, in my first week here, uh, yeah, I found like a rat. I sent you that picture. The rat that was like the size of like a house cat, just dead on my front porch. Oh, yeah. It was probably a gift. A moving yeah. in gift. Uh, it was pretty big. Uh, yeah, the neighborhood cat. Said, eh, new people. Here's a here's a dead rat. No, it looked like it ate one of those uh, uh, poison thingies. That makes it like it makes it. Uh, I don't want to get too graphic, but uh, discharges innards from its mouth. Mm -hmm. And part of the thing is it makes it very thirsty, and that's what helps drive it out of their out of your walls. Hmm. There's, there's like a thing in there that makes them thirsty, so they leave your house. So they don't just die in your walls. And then you have rotten, dead rat smell in your house. Mm, it's very uh, yeah. evil. Yeah. I, I lived on many of farmlands. So I've done my uh, rat deadening research. Yeah, what rat deadening is exactly, um, is exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, She's and just got a cat. 
So I uh, I know what's on everyone's mind. What are our thoughts on the WandaVision finale? Squeezer? I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was great. It was it was I was in I was in what... it for Wanda and Vision's story and that's what we got. I know a lot of people were expecting uh, them to come through with some uh, leads and red herrings that were given to us, but um, never did they promise us any of that stuff. No, no, and I've kind of that's why I was able to enjoy it more because I wasn't obsessed with it ending the way I wanted it to end, which I didn't have an out. Like, I was did I, I think that going into it, yeah, I thought just because the rumors were that it was going to be a clearly a multiverse merging kind of thing and by the end of it fucking scott summer is gonna walk out and just start blasting stuff you know yeah but Uh, we don't know if it wasn't a multiverse merging maybe sure sure well like i like i was saying the other day like the idea that even though spider-man comes out in december and then doctor strange is out in march that it might turn out that spider-man was in that whole doctor strange multiverse the whole time, you know what I mean? Like, so the whole time you're watching it, you don't realize what you're watching. Right. You watch and again, movie. take anything we're saying here with a grain of salt, because ultimately only we Kevin are Feige and, uh, and the internet is full of idiots. And that's where we read most yes. of this stuff from. And that's where we exist. Right. Remember that. So, you know. We're no different than you. The show didn't wrap anything up aside from Westview. You know, she's just spoilers if you haven't seen it just fuck what the fuck she's just become the scarlet witch she's learning her powers you don't know what's going with like vision and the white vision and the ship of uh the 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 what is the ship of theasis theasis uh theasis ship of theasis theasis yes uh the very philosophical conundrum that vision presents to white vision uh am i the real vision are you the real vision are neither of us the real vision? <laughs> Can anyone ever be the real vision again? And it, it was someone, I think uh, Kevin Smith or Mark Bernard and compared it to like a fight in a Star Trek fight <laughs> that devolves <laughs> into a philosophical battle of wits. I like when he's got him in a headlock and he, he, he says, <laughs> he, he says whatever spurs him to say, uh, I ask for a uh, elaboration, please. <laughs> like, yeah, we will pause this fight. Please elaborate on what you said. Mm-hmm. Very old, early vision. Yeah, it was really, it really. Good. I thought it. I and you know what? Like I said too. Like and I, no, I'm not gonna catch heat for this. I was never like a huge vision fan. Even in like the movies, I'm like, I just I don't know why. I was. Yeah, we talked. I was, I was never attracted to him. We I, talked about this. I, yeah, I was excited. That in the vision... show, it just gave him time to just be a person, than an amalgam of AI. And so, even, I know he has the whole relationship and all that shit. And honestly, I went into those movies, and, and that's where I like the series because I would, I'd rather I can watch someone for thirteen episodes talk the entire time if it if it didn't end in a in a 
in the fight sequences like we had and it was much more subdued, I still would have been happy. For me, my brain just goes numb when I walk into the theater and it's a Marvel movie. I'm like, blow shit up. You know, that's just, my brain just goes off. Their relation, oh great, they have a relationship. I'm waiting for something else to blow up. I did like... And that, that's where the movies shine. Where the show is, I thought the relationship. I'm not going to lie. Tucking the kids in the bed? Holy oh, shit, yeah, that yeah. hit me hard. That was brutal. I did like how earlier in the show, they finally referred to Vision of the Synthesoid, as she is in the comic books. Mm-hmm. He's the, you know... A lot of people thought Ultron would be somehow be involved because just like the comics, he was... Um, this has... He was built by Ultron and he was in the MCU uh, to, to destroy the Avengers instead he you know and then he joins them and you know there's a I don't know I just thought it was really uh, Paul Bettany and Liz Olsen deserve all the credit in the world for 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 taking by any means silly characters you know yeah, once created ter- tertiary no I would never call Scarlet Witch tertiary Absolutely not. Uh, Vision. Vision, kind of, not really. No, Vision's a pretty big deal in the Avengers. Yeah. At, at, at some point yeah, in but, time, yeah, squeezer, but the squeezer, Avengers squeezer, weren't... squeezer. And, at some and, point I'm in time, talking, I'm talking pop culture. I'm talking the overall pop right. culture. But at, 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 at before 2000, before 2000, uh, whatever it was, Iron Man was a tertiary character. To you, I loved Iron Man. Come on. Did you read Iron Man books? Uh, uh, sporadically. Did you watch that fucking shitty cartoon? No, but I collected all of his cards. Those were my favorite because they were the shiniest. Yeah. Especially when you got the metallic ones. Oh, that armor looks so great. There was the X-Men. There was Spider-Man. There was Batman. And then everyone else. Then the Avengers. Yeah. You know, the event, and then uh, Iron Man ran uh, John Favreau. Um, Robert Downey Jr., Paul, or uh, Kevin Feige, and Iron Man took the Avengers into the forefront of superhero dumb, and made them like the most important characters in comic books. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's uh, I, I that's just my my thought. I I I thought Paul Bettany, Bet Bet. How do you say his last name? I I just say Bettany. Bettany, it's B E T T A N Y. Bettany. But I mean, it could be Bettany. But he he's no he's not a fucking Cockney. He's a refined British man. Yeah. I, I've liked Paul They're Bettany all... since I saw him in Knight's Tale. He's fucking great. He plays Geoffrey Chaucer in Knight's Tale. I love that movie. I know it's cheesy, I've, but I fucking I know love you're movie. allowed to. Believe me, I watch plenty of. You're allowed to like. You're allowed to like Knight's Tale. Not that you need my approval. Right. But uh, and and the but the Scarlet Witch costume is. Yeah, sick. when that came in, a lot of people said it kind of invoked Hellboy with the horns. You know the the crown growing. Um, eh. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it looked like it looked like her. That's what she would look like in this iteration in this era. Yeah, yeah. That's the, and I love the costume. And apparently, um, uh, 
Liz Olsen had direct uh, involvement in the suit. So I guess I she, think here she said she said she put it on. So she so is so she is so practical that she immediately put it on. She was like, okay, I can do this move, and I can't do this move, and I need to be able to do this move. Uh, Matt Shackman, who was the director of the yeah, they only used one director by the way, if, and one writer if you notice at the credits. Uh, they treated it like a movie. Matt Shack- Shackman, who directed everything in television, everything, 41 episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, he directed every episode. And they, and Jack, what's his name? Jack, I'll get you the writer. Jack Schaefer wrote uh, and created the, the concept. That That is exhausting. Yeah, he said he doesn't know. Uh, Matt Shackman said he's not sure if he would ever do that again. But um, he said she was so adept to being at adept to the physical work, she was quickly like, "This is what I need to do this." So they were like, "Great!" So they they re-engineered it and um, made it functional. Awesome. Unlike she know, didn't it, she didn't have to do the Michael Keaton just kind of heel pivot. Yeah, move your body instead of your head. <laughs> but at the same time, that made that. It, he made that look so badass. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, WandaVision, very cool. Loved the ending. Very touching. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, I don't know if they'll win Emmys because generally, fucking, the war shows hate comic book shit. But no, oh no, no, they completely. Or well, no, I don't know about Emmys. Golden Globes just gave a big middle finger to anything that was fun. So yeah, but who gives a flying fuck about the Golden Globes? <laughs> uh, European people, but they don't have TVs, so yeah, well, def- def- really definitely matter. no black people because there's not a single black voting no. member <laughs> on the board of the Hollywood Foreign Press that votes for the Golden Globes. Oh, it's so it's okay though. It's okay. They made a joke about it, so <laughs> right, right, yeah. They 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 righted that ship right away. Yep. And then they they sent some non-black foreign people out to say they'll fix the problem, but not how they'll fix it. But yes, that was that was the Golden Globes. Um, ah, fuck them. No, they. I I I have take umbrage with what you just said about middle finger to having fun. They gave fucking Borat. Subsequent movie film, the Golden Globe for Best Picture. Uh, wait, that's right. Yeah. Huh. And that movie was fucking awesome. So it was, it was probably just the Giuliani part that they liked. Yeah, probably. Uh, and they gave Nomadland the best uh, dramatic, and we watched that. That's fucking good. I recommend it. All right, yeah. I'll get there. It's I think on Hulu. They're all on streaming services, you know. You, you know, we what? You, and of course, we watched Coming to America too. I thought I liked it. I'm not gonna say I didn't like it. I didn't laugh as much as I thought I would, but yeah, I was mainly thrown off by the lack of charm in the movie. Like the first movie is so fucking charming. Like that's I agree with you 100 percent there. And had that's so like much heart, uh, and builds the relationship. It was very uh, Deus ex, ex machina. machina. 
uh, relationship. Like, like, oh, wait, we need him to fall in love with someone. Why not his barber? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we, we need the reverse the fish out of water story for someone from Queens to be in Zamunda instead of, you know, opposite. Yeah, the the problem is, and well, and I mean, I guess they made Zamunda. Just, it's like, like I I had said when you watch uh, um, Wife Swap, it's not fun when the husband goes to the rich family. It's more fun when the rich wife goes to the poor family. Yeah, overboard. That's when it gets funny. Yeah, over. Thank, thank you. Coffee, tea. Um, yeah, that that's that's where the fun comes in. Like because. When the guy goes to the rich house, he's like, cool. All right, yes, please. Ding, 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 Jeeves, beer, please. No? Can I can I get a bush light? <laughs> no. Yeah, so that was... It was... It was it was good. I had, I had some laughs, but it wasn't like the belly laughs, like the long... Uh, it just... It wasn't the first one. And Tracy Morgan was underutilized. Yes. Well, pretty much, yeah. Here's my question for you, Squeezer. Yeah. And you know where I'm going to get at, but don't don't uh, jump my lead here. Do you, how many times have you seen Stranglemania? Should I know this? You know what Stranglemania is, right? No. You never watched Ah. Oh, Stranglemania. It's not this isn't that kind of show. <laughs> Stranglemania is a match of J- Japanese death matches, uh, barbar death matches, mainly between Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, and and uh, oh yeah, sorry, I narrate. Yeah, I I have it on VHS somewhere down here. So do I, and it, it's 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 uh, commentated by the Insane Clown Posse. Oh no, sorry, I don't have that. You don't have Stranglemania? No. Oh, so the so it's the there are older matches that then they dubbed in. Yeah, that's they they dubbed the commentary and it's fucking hysterical. Okay, so I have I have the original matches from RF Video. Oh, okay. I don't have I've but I I don't know of I this sounds amusing to me though. Oh, it's great! Oh my god, if you could get your hands on Stranglemania, it is I we used to just smoke tons of weed and watch it and just laugh our fucking asses off. <laughs> yeah, I'm I you know I'll make jokes at the Insane Clown Posse's expense, but I have a lot of respect for what they've done with their careers like they've built they yes the people who follow them are very strange but they are fucking loyal and fuck man they, they did it without a label so yeah uh regardless you're also a fan of that aew stuff huh uh i, I know <laughs> i know where you're getting at with this uh i it's been a while like i i was watching and i just i problem is Wednesday nights we do a show now, and then by Thursday I have I have a lot. There's a lot to watch, and now I'm getting all svelte and shit. You know I don't, I don't have time to. Yeah. Although now now with the uh, I can watch I'll watch old. Well no I'm not it's not going to help me catch up because now when I go down in the basement to work out I can watch old Raws from like 1997 instead of watching anything new. So. But you're you're talking about the. Uh, was it the explosive match? So the way an exploding barbed wire death match works is there's a <laughs> there's a clock. And th- these originated, of course, in Japan. There's a clock on the big screen somewhere in the arena, and usually they're done outdoors because they blow these things the fuck up. And yeah. the two have to wrestle, and somehow you have to defeat your opponent in the ring, 
uh, and get out before the clock goes off. Because when the clock goes off, the ring will explode. Very simple match. Very stupid mm-hmm. match. You know, unless Insane Clown Posse <laughs> are uh, commentating it. You know, it's not... I don't know if they did it because Meltzer loves that shit. And I, for some reason, I feel like he's somehow involved in AEW. I don't really know. It just is what the the what I get from... I just headline grab. I don't really deep. Well, dive. I mean, Kenny Omega comes from like he wrestled in Japan. Yeah, same with Hangman kind of, Page and yeah, all those guys. But a lot of guys wrestle in Japan. But but Meltzer's the one who waxes his dick of over you know fifteen star matches in the Tokyo Dome. But also another thing, Bruce and probably Vince for that matter hate death matches. And if you listen to something to wrestle with, Bruce's shit on death exploding death matches constantly so i don't know if they did that as a rib but fuck man was that was that weak i i don't because if it was a rib it fell flat because it just made you guys look sad AEW. yeah yeah Yeah, no it was it was it was a couple like uh, it made for great memes yeah, the only way that should have ended after that pyro went off was for instead of pretending you were hurt to look up and go, "Really?" That was it, and then just walk away. Yeah, I, I guess like John you had Moxley to face that way. John Moxley got on on mic to the crowd after and was like, and I guess kayfabe storyline. Kenny Omega built the exploding ring, so he said Kenny Omega can't build an exploding ring for shit. And then AEW is going along with the storyline, and and Mick Foley finally. Ti- Mick Foley is a like a, we, I, we talked about. Cactus Jack is a veteran of these mm-hmm. matches. He said, uh, "I feel bad for Mox and Omega, but suggest that AEW deep six the Kenny built a crummy ring story and just admit that mistakes happen." <laughs> <laughs> just, just look. It's wrestling. Move on. Just pretend it never even happened. Right. Just find some old lady, have her give birth to a hand, and people forget. I got an idea. Well, I may young come. Ah, she'll get pregnant by Mark Henry, and she'll birth a hand. Ah, ha, ha, it'll be glorious. Ow, they'll eat that shit up. <laughs> and, and really, all it would have taken, cause, and just from the camera angle perspective, it was just bad pyro placement. Because there was no crowd, right? Well, it was what they were allowed to do based on the rules of the building. Because you can't. Yeah, but in Japan, there's no rules. Pyro. No, there's no rules. And and also the only rules is just pay the yakuza their cut. They're generally allowed to have. They generally happen outside in outdoor arenas because there's huge plumes of smoke. Yes, but if they all they had to do was when the explosions went off. Rather it be sparklers on the corner and then a couple puffs on the side. If they would have just moved one of those charges in, one one flash like fireball charge between the camera and the wrestlers, and that would have been enough. Or just perspective wise, just to kind of cover it up. Why didn't the entire time you see them and you're like, oh, there's nothing touching them. Why didn't you shoot it as one of those cinematic matches? Like there's no crowd anyway, so shoot it outside cinematically and blow a fucking the house up. You know, literally just come cut to like the uh, Trump Taj just crumbling. <laughs> I mean, not like that, but you know, you could really 
if you're outside and you do cinematically, you could have just like that's what we should do. Oh, uh, uh, an implosion match. You got to wrestle in a building, and when the time runs out, the building implodes on you. Oh, I got an idea. Ah, <laughs> 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 would be great. That's good shit, Brucey. Hey, Bruce. Speaking of, can we talk McMahon for a minute? I didn't watch this week's this week's Young Rock yet, but something I forgot to bring up last week is they had a character playing Vince McMahon on last week's Young Rock. You take this so personally. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. He, there was no, hey, pal. There's no, oh, hey, pal. Pronouns, pal. What are you going to do? Hey. Hey, Dewey. Uh, you and Rocky are going to come down to Madison, the garden. Oh, yeah. You'll wrestle here. You'll be a star. There's at least a dozen people now going, oh, good, I'm going to go watch this show. Because the McMahon's not an asshole? Yeah, cause, it's just, <laughs> because it's not your McMahon. It's not my McMahon. No. It, it's, it's those people that give us the one-star rating. Right. And those, uh, their Macho Man, he looks like Macho Man, but he doesn't sound like him at all. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just you just watch a few videos and you'll get it. The cadence. You don't say Oh, yeah, like the fucking Kool-Aid, man. You say, ooh, yeah. <laughs> you bring it in. Yeah. Like you're trying to fucking suck that thing into your fucking heart. Ooh, yeah. Macho man says his years very fucking importantly. Yeah. Well, he probably was trying to keep suck his heart into his chest. <laughs> Bone soul. That's, that, we've talked about this. Randy Savage was always Macho Man. You, when he's when he's making a guest appearance on Baywatch, when he's playing yep. a complete different character on Spider Man, and when he's just living in his daily life, he's going to. They want to return these uh, uh, slack, <laughs> these khaki slacks. What's wrong with him, <laughs> sir? <laughs> I always say cream rises to the top, and these slacks are not cream. <laughs> well, e- e- even like when like Arsenio. Like, if Hogan was on a late-night show, like, he was still Hogan, but he could sit and have a conversation. Yeah, he's more Hogan. relaxed, like, hey, brother. He's like, oh, hey, yeah. He gets it. Macho Man always had happening. to be yeah. at a thousand. He had to be shooting the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I just did three lines. I did. I banged out three rails before I came out here. Arsenio, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, ask the Macho Man questions. Not about Liz, or it's going to come down on you. <laughs> Don't mention Liz, right? Or you get the boots. First name Macho, last name Man. Yeah. Ah, uh, so watch Young Rock. As <laughs> <laughs> we lose all our listeners before we even get started. Uh, oh, we save them the time. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we we've. Get, gone a good uh, is there any other news happening in the world squeezer we have we got no new reviews so there's no mean that's things said about me that i could read no uh if you give me a minute i can say, write something mean about you you could drum some up for me sure next week next week we've got uh justice zack snyder's justice league thank wait is that already yeah next thursday Wow, that came. That felt like it. It still felt like it was like forever from now. Like it was never gonna happen. Nope. Next Thursday. It actually it got leaked uh, this week. People went to watch Tom and Jerry, and it started playing 
the Justice, uh, the, the Snyder Cut, and uh, they stopped it after an hour, but it got leaked, and I say that with air quotes. Ah. Yeah, you leaked the Snyder Cut. I see what you're doing, brother. I know you're trying to get people to talk about it. I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't make that mistake. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you have to... What kind of idiot labels their stuff like that in one of their servers? I labeled Tom and Jerry movie A uh, and and Justice League movie lowercase a. <laughs> See, there's clearly a difference. Duh. Um, all right, so we might as well get started. I Do I start this? I believe I start this week, correct? It is your turn. It is yes. my turn. We are talking... Our favorite movies of 1991. All of March, we are going back 30 years to the year 1991. Last week, we talked about our favorite television. And if you want to hear me just read off uh, local listings uh, uh, from Squeezers and I's youth, listen last to last week's episode of the Rad Years podcast. If you want to hear me talk about... Uh, I, 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 You know what? I refrain from going to newspapers.com. I'm, just, I'm working from memory. I was going to pull like... Like the listings of and tell you exactly what day I saw these movies. Jesus. Try and narrow that down, but I could kind of remember when and what movie theater I saw most of these in, or if I or what if I watched them on pay per view. So I'll just go that route. I did not consult newspapers.com at all this week for your benefit, everybody. Oh, uh, I tried, but I don't remember. I don't have the memory like you have although i will say all these movies i might not have seen them in 92 or 91 but i saw them in 92 because my movies i just i went down the route of everything i have i basically burned out the vhs tape on mm. that's how i went on it they were all 91 movies that um and one of them shit, at that rate they were almost 91 they started setting at the new bar for home release but it all started with Batman 89. Yep. $10 movie release that opened Pandora's box, if you will. Suncoast mm-hmm. Picture was like, wait, we can't charge $80 for this? <laughs> <laughs> well, goddamn, pal. All right, here is my first movie pick from 1991. Yeehaw! Ninja Cowboy! Real Turtles. Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael. Yeah, all the good ones and you know. <laughs> Real problems. The Shrek dude. They're back in an awesome new movie. Didn't we see these guys on WrestleMania? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. The Secret of the Ooze. Rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. So, just a year prior... <laughs> a really good Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out just one year prior to this movie which I didn't even realize like I knew it but I didn't even think about it till I was doing like like pulling together what I would talk about I'm like really just one fucking year that's doesn't that seem strange to you that turnarounds kind. Of, I mean, I mean, it had to have been greenlit before the movie was even in theaters. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah, that goes without saying, but like, you know, they must have started filming immediately after they started filming 
I mean, there was no really like CGI. It was just costumes and you know puppetry. Uh-huh. It, and it was exactly a year. It was March and March. Yeah, it was one one year, uh, March twenty second, nineteen ninety one. So we're talking almost thirty years to the day this came out. Damn. It's crazy. I this this is one of those. Yeah, I, well, I saw this in theaters. I know, but it's also one of those. I I watched the shit. I. I well, I put on item beta. This was we did not. Were they still making? Be- did you record it to beta? Well, I, I recorded on beta. Yeah, they I weren't releasing beta. beta tapes anymore in '91. New releases on beta. You still buy the record tape. Yeah, I believe. So this we saw this as a family at the one of the well, first movies we saw at the newly built AMC Tillman Eight movie theater that had eight theater screens, which is a big theater for back then. That place is that old? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whew. I still think of that as like the new one. Yeah. So they, um, we went to see it and I was really excited. And why I liked the movie as a kid, there were a few things that disappointed me. Uh, they really schlocked up the weapons and didn't use them at all. Ugh, fucking parents. I noticed as a kid, the voices were different. They, um, everyone's favorite Corey, uh, was really big in the heroin <laughs> after the first movie and went into a year later. <laughs> I think like right around when it came out, and he went into rehab uh, rehabilitation. Uh, was not available to film his or to record his dialogue for um, Donatello, Adam Carl, whoever the fuck that is. Uh, Oh, be nice. Replaced Corey Feldman as the voice of Don for this a picture. Oh, okay. Never mind. Cause I went to go click on his name and... Uh, are you are you on uh, is it the wiki page? Yeah, you can't. You, you so, can't click on his name? No, that's... So I retract my come on. Fuck him. Okay. So uh, also... on the internet, so... Toka and Rezar were... Uh, the big bad mutants in the movie, not Bebop and Rocksteady. And biggest I, letdown. Biggest letdown. But there was a few reasons for this. And I never, I always knew there was a reason, but I never knew exactly what it was until I looked it up. And I guess uh, Bebop and Rocksteady were originally planned for the movie, but there was a problem with Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. The problem was Eastman and Laird were against it due to licensing issues. Um, the characters were designed by Lair while negotiating the action figure deal with Playmates, and their origins were written by David Wise for the animated show. So there was a who owns what situation. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So I found Peter Laird's blog uh, from 2012. He wrote, he he wrote, he published his notes. He wrote for the second movie. They didn't want them to use Shredder as the big bad. They wanted it to start like he he like started writing like like fucking a a one a one pager uh, uh, of the movies like uh, we see a, a a garbage truck and a, uh, a a trash spills out and there's something metallic glinting in the mess and he pulls it out and holds it up and a medium close up we see that it's Shredder's helmet crushed and twisted. He thought they shouldn't show Shredder and hold him off to a possible third movie. 
they wanted the main villain to they didn't want bebop they didn't want rocksteady they didn't want krang uh they wanted it to be baxter stockman and mauser's story uh they're saying to pull everything from tmnt book two or issues three four and seven the stockman mauser's tale is pretty straightforward and should be lifted from the book with little alteration um of course april couldn't be baxter stockman's assistant because she was rewritten to be a news reporter but they said they could work around that uh and then here's the proposed outline that they uh, the second they rewrote again a proposed outline we open on april o'neill april o'neill doing a remote spot covering the test of a new anti-rodent device called the mauser at the laboratory of dr baxter stockman a 30-ish bespeckled mustachioed black man Stockman runs Mauser through its paces. The little robot with the savage gaping jaw chases a large rat through a maze and devours it in less than 20 seconds. And in response to a question that unnerved April about what he plans to do with his device, Stockman replies that the city of New York already has given him the funds to develop an initial force of a dozen Mausers to, in his words, begin to take care of the city's rat problem once and for all. Close up on April's face as she reacts to this statement. It dissolved to a close-up of Splinter's hairy face. <laughs> <laughs> so they're writing a the fucking movie in paragraph uh, I was form. Hoping, would, would, would we also get a uh, like a tertiary Rat King villain? That's twice used tertiary in this show, Squeeze. We I, gotta I calm the I, fuck I, down. It's my word, it's my word of day character. Uh, calendar. Character. Yeah. Calendar. No, they talked about using Rat King up in the in the above. I wasn't. I'm not gonna read all this to you. But they were like, oh, I was right. Yeah, they were going oh, to. That would have been awesome. Somewhere in this mess of notes, he, they say to use Rat King, but not how the cartoon used Rat King, to how they used him in the comic books. But they also talked about using the TCRI storyline, even though they cha- they did use it and they kind of changed. It wasn't TC. It was TCRG or something in the movie. Um, but here's the coolest thing i found i mean everyone knows we discussed how super shredder is played by kevin nash but uh one of the coolest things i learned and reading about this movie uh not was that they censored michelangelo's sausage nunchucks in in england i mean fuck what's wrong with you england also they couldn't even go that far yeah also apparently bummer has a homophobic meaning in england Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, what they say about cigarettes there has homophobic oh. meaning here. Yeah, so. but it's a lot. I mean, that that is like, that's like them taking like for us. That's going from like a two to a four here, but over there, that's going from like a one to an eleven. Yeah. Like, so yeah, they have they really have a hard on for like ninja stuff over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, the coolest thing I found out that I did not know at all was Professor Perry was meant to be an alien, an Otram, an Utram, I believe it's pronounced, like Krang. It wasn't supposed to be Krang. It was supposed to be a different, he was supposed to, uh, they, they filmed the scene where he lifted up his shirt and revealed the Utram within him. Oh shit. Yeah. But they never used it in the movie. So he, he like Professor Perry was a uh, a android body and he had a Krang like alien inside of him. That would have been awesome. I know. It would have made the movie, but they were too worried that they would everyone would assume it was Krang. 
but just make it Krang at that point. Yeah, and just do it. Yeah. <laughs> it that, that tells you that people want it to be Krang. Right. So uh, Laird and, and um, Eastman hated the goofy cartoon character so much that they didn't want them to be in the movies. Meanwhile, finally, when Viacom now owns it all and let Michael Bay get a hold of it, we get fucking, we finally get them. But in, I didn't even bother watching. I don't know if you did. I didn't see him. Yeah. I get, mo- I can't. I get sick. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. But uh, seeing this in the theaters in March of 91 was a highlight of my life. I loved it. I didn't even care that Token mm-hmm. raised. I just assumed they were. I was fucking nine years old. I assumed they were the movie versions of, to- of Bebop and Rock's Daddy. That, that's, yeah, I was kind of confused. I'm like, oh, I guess they just did a really poor job of. Right. I guess he can, yeah. You know, and as a Weird kid, you act rhino. like you know what you're talking about. You're like, yeah, that's that's Bebop and Rocksteady. And, you know, it's not, but you're like, oh, you're, you're oh, no, no, that is, that is, that's Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Squeezer, you're first. Uh, 1991 Ooh. in Motion Pictures. This summer, Junior's working out the bugs. You disgusting kid! But something just came up. Now. Ah! He is insane. He's a problem child. Fire laser cannon. And she's a problem child, too. Hey, children. Problem child, too. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday at theaters everywhere. Ah... Uh, fire laser cannons. You're the devil, uh, kid! Yeah. That's my Gilbert. I, so, I knew coming into this that th- there's some movies I was actually surprised about when I was, like, doing a little, just reading up and stuff that, I'm like, wow, this wasn't nearly as well-received as I thought it was. Like, some movies grow over time, others don't. I never this saw this that... movie or the other one. I never seen any Problem Child movies. Problem Child? No. All right. So look, I'm gonna warn you now. I think my parents were too worried. It was like me. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh. But it. it look. It's not. It's not a work of art. It's not. It's not. It, it's not the greatest film of all time. Uh, very few of my movies are works problem... of art, Squeezer. No, they're not. And that's why I think they need to cut this movie a little slack. Like, look, I get it. It's rude. It's crass. It's just gross-out humor. It's childish. It's obnoxious. It's irritating. It's disgusting. But just because it's all those things doesn't mean it can't be an entertaining movie. Doesn't that's that's what we say about Jake? Exactly. Uh, and he is an entertaining movie. Yes. You need a big screen to see him. Um, <laughs> Aww. Happy birthday, it, it, Jake. Right now, um, so 30 years later, this movie still pulls in a solid 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, comments such as Cinematic Disaster Zone, louder, dumber, more preposterous, and unfunny and pointless. Um, hmm. No, I disagree. It's louder, it's dumber, and more preposterous. Neither is it unfunny or pointless. I think it's hilarious. I like this more... Than even the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Kerr from the Chicago Tribune said, um, 
How exciting can flatulent jokes still be once you've seen them on cable? And the answer is this, sir. Very. Mm-hmm. Very, very funny. This movie is nothing but fo- poop and fart and and vomit jokes uh, to the point where th- this movie will make you throw up. It is... What, what, remember when SNL would do the vomit gags? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, this, they did it before, and they took it to the extreme. Have you ever seen the Tilt the World scene? Mm. At least maybe you might. Uh, at least if you're not gonna go and watch the whole movie, just watch the carnival scene, the unedited carnival scene, because a lot of times when they play it on on TV, they cut a lot of it out. They edit it down because it is so grotesque. Okay. Um. But it and just imagine just fire hoses of vomit and people getting covered in. Okay. But look, I was eight years old. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And I was right. And to me, it's still the funniest thing in the world. Because if you don't see the humor in it just going so over the top at this point, mm-hmm. and that's what they were doing. So so they made, they made Problem Child, and they caught a ton of shit. Right. It's like, this is a bad influence on kids, and it's not funny, and he says bad words, and blah, 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 blah. So they're like, all right, watch this. So they wrote a script, and just going off the script, they get like a pre-approval, like a, an unofficial R rating just off of their initial script for Prom Child 2. From initially the first Prom Child being PG. Oh. So... Yeah. <laughs> so, like, all right, let's chill a little bit. So, you knock it down. Brom Child 2 is now rated PG-13. And people, like, all the reviews and people like, oh, at this kid's movie, it's so gross. And it's, you wouldn't take your kids to see this. I'm like, you're not supposed to. It's not a kid's movie. Now, when I say it's not a kid's movie, I don't mean that kids shouldn't see it. It's not a kid's movie. But it's for kids. Mm. Like violent video games aren't for kids, but kids play them. They love them. Ah, yes. They love them. Um, I, I love this movie. My sister loved this movie. We, this is one of those, like, another one of those little bonding moments. Like, you put Problem Child 2 on, we were happy. Mm. And I remember we taped it off of, because uh, it was on HBO. And this is when we were stealing cable yet. And so we taped it off of that. And I would watch it uh, over and over again. And it it's cool because you still have John Ritter in it. They bring back um, uh, Amy Yazbeck, who played... Uh, who was in the previous movie, who plays his new love interest in the next one. Completely different character, but in the same movie. Mm-hmm. And it and it works. And then John Ritter actually went on, and they got married in '99. Oh, I mean them. Oh yeah, it's a sweet little story. Um, and uh, Michael Oliver, he plays Junior in like his only real child acting role. Like he did one or two other little things. Okay. Um, his career pretty much shit the bed because his mom basically um 
held the production up, uh, basically extorted the production. Like, as it was underway, she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, my son's not going to do this movie for $80,000. We want $500,000 or we're not doing it. Hmm. Like, oh, shit. So they're like, all right, let's start making this movie. So they start making the movie. They pay him the money and then they go to court. And then they're like, a judge is like, no, this is extortion. You can't do this. There's a contract. And then they give it all back. And then he pretty much got blacklisted from the industry. Only $80,000. They were paying that kid pennies. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. But I mean, I don't disagree with that. That's the contract. Um, I, I read some stuff up on him. He's out now. He does like IT, does tech stuff, and he's happy as can be. Um, happy to be out of the limelight. Uh, same thing. Uh, Ivian Schwan, who played Trixie, his new counterpart, because it's, you know, Problem Child 2, because there's two of them. Mm. Um, yeah, th- this is really her only big role. Um, she got out, went on, did her own thing, you know, did a little music. I mean, Start a family, rides horses, happy as can be. It's funny you say she got out like it's some sort of a cult or something, the cult of Hollywood. Well, she wasn't She wasn't doing the H like Corey. Mm, that's true. Um, also, I think, well, and that, it was another thing. It was a mom thing, too. Uh, her mom was a manager. And I don't know, it's not like it was a choice to get out. Her mom was very religious, and so she was very particular on what roles she took. So problem child too was, was no problem? Yeah, she was offered a role in, in a little film called Interview with a Vampire. And her mom's like, no, we're not going to do that film. Ah, yeah, I went to, yeah, so. to Mary Jane Watson instead. Yeah, look at you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that pretty much put the kibosh to that. The namesake uh, of your daughter, right? That's what you named her after? No, actually. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the little one. No, I named the other one after the little boy that was in the sixth sense. <laughs> oh, did you have that one in your pocket waiting? Nope, just get, I I forgot what you were saying. So I I mean I didn't get where you were going with there. I'm like because when you said little because the, the one you're talking about is fucking huge now and can kick my ass. So, uh, <laughs> I went with the little one. I'm like oh yeah the sixth sense kid. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I truly do. I I love this movie. It's not great. It's not a work of art. It's not the. It's not gonna win the. Palm Dior. It's not the critics hate it for a reason. It's because they're all uptight douchebags that think they know better, and they just can't have fun. Go if you're gonna watch this movie. Watch this movie as an eight or nine year old boy, and it is the funniest thing you're gonna watch. Well, that's that's uh, maybe I'll have to check it out because I've never seen a problem child. Uh... I can't believe and Michael Richards in the first one. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. I knew that. He's he's the big bad. Yeah. Um and it didn't do too bad either. It opened up against a little movie um there was an other movie that came out in 1991 on July 3rd. Uh I believe it was called Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh yeah, yes. you, you didn't pick that. What happened? 
Uh, because I didn't see that as in that little window of ninety one, ninety two mm-hmm. as a kid. Oh, okay. I saw I saw Terminator. It's probably like ninety four, ninety five when I first saw Terminator two. Um, which is probably still too young when I. They saw were it. selling toys for it. They sure that was like our like twentieth episode or something. I think wasn't it? It was R rated. Uh, R rated toy friend or yeah. toy line. R rated toy lines. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. All okay. right. Yeah. Let's move on to my next movie, 1991. Unlike anything you've ever seen, anywhere you've ever been, you have a bad day here, somebody dies. From director Ron Howard, Kurt Russell, William Baldwin, Scott Glenn, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Rebecca DeMornay, Donald Sutherland, and Robert De Niro. Backdraft. Rated R. Special sneak preview Saturday night. Ah, uh, backdraft. My, uh, I told this story before. Uh, my dad was a volunteer firefighter. His dad was a volunteer firefighter. Uh, my brother, older brother, was a volunteer firefighter and wanted to be a firefighter since he was a kid. I could care less about firefighting. So I was the, the black sheep of the family, none uh, to say the least. And my brother was so into being a firefighter. When this movie came out, him and my dad were so excited. We didn't see it in the theater because it was rated R, I think. I can't find that. I do believe it was rated... How, like, how come... like? How did they not put the rating on Wikipedia? I guess because then you won't know what it's really rated because you can't trust anything on Wikipedia. Um, nonetheless, we did not see it in the theater. We watched it uh, on pay-per-view when it came out. We had open pay-per-view. My dad was a cable engineer and had to uh, monitor the cable system. And part of that meant we had an open cable box. And with that came channels Request 1 and Request 2 which gave us uh, movies that we wanted to see. And I believe it was the fall, because we were back in school. It was the fall of 91 when this finally reached, because it came out in May of 91. In fall of 91, it reached pay-per-view. And we watched it. Even though it wasn't, it was rated R, I think we were allowed to watch it. And we watched it. My brother watched it over. And I remember one night, we were watching it, and they, they say a line that says fuck in it. And I repeated the line and said fuck. Oh, I got told on so quick. Ryan said, fuck. Well, I was repeating the fucking line in the movie, Dad. <laughs> oh, I know. you can't say fuck. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, Squeezer's back. He had to pop out. Sorry. Wow, you were going. T- oh, you knew I was gone. I was gone for a while, wasn't I? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I thought I would be quick enough, but. Where'd you go? I've been having. Uh, I heard something weird, and I've been having issues with my whole home humidifier lately, and I wanted to make sure that there wasn't water spraying all over my basement floor. So That's good. There's not. Um, and then I, I came back, I'm like, oh, good, he's still feeling, filling, and then I hear you doing uh, your dad. I'm like, oh, he's definitely filling. I'm not filling. I'm talking about backdraft. Well, I, well it makes sense, I guess, and that's technically not filling. 
Yeah, it's because I talked about how. So <laughs> I was telling a story how we watched it on pay per view. It came out in pay per view, and it came out in May of '91. It came to pay per view in like fall. We were in school. I remember that. It's probably October of '91, and um, I, I'm pretty sure it was rated R. I can't see any confirmation of that on Wikipedia. If you could look that up for me, Squeezer. Backdraft. Yeah. So. Uh, we watched it, and, and we weren't really allowed to watch many R-rated movies unless I was watching it with my dad, and my mom didn't know about it. <laughs> so we're watching Backdraft over and over, and there's like a sex scene on top of a fire truck with Jennifer Jason Lee and Billy Baldwin, and when they pull the hose down, like the black like see-through brawl gets pulled down on it. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a gag. But um, mm-hmm. there's a line in it where he says, fuck, and I was, we were watching the movie for probably a billionth time, and I was like, this fucking movie... And I repeated the line that says "fuck," and I was like, "I got told on." They tattled on me. Ryan said "fuck." Oh, Ryan, you can't be talking like that. Like, yeah, why are you fucking uh, let me watch a fucking movie? Yes, rated R for language and a scene of sensuality. There it is. <laughs> this movie would be PG in 2021. I'll tell you that much. Oh hell yeah! Like, like there's some shit when we walk through and like a movie's on the break room. Like, oof, gotta change this just in case someone walks through. But like, if backdrafts on, it's like, oh, it's. Yeah, there's like yeah, and those movies are on Disney. <laughs> Wait, I yeah. Now that I think about it, why is this movie rated R? <laughs> yeah, there's no reason why it should be rated R. Uh, but it's all about a backdraft. What happens when uh, I think there's an oxygen depri- deprivation in a fire, and all of a sudden a big burst of oxygen for the fire to feed on, leading to an explosion. I don't. I believe your brother and father would be proud. Oh, am I right? Pretty close. I think so. Yeah. 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 I I didn't look this up. This is just me remembering the movie because I yeah probably seen it. I haven't seen it once since I, I haven't seen its entirety since I've been over the age of eighteen. But prior to that, probably four hundred thousand and ten times. <laughs> My brother would just sit there and hum. <laughs> does, does he stand does he stand at attention during the the procession at the end? oh yeah yeah <laughs> he wanted us to be the mccaffrey brothers you know one of us die him he wanted to he wanted to die in a fire and have me realize that it was my live stream to be a firefighter i don't i don't know <laughs> he wanted us to be the how, how great would it be he dies in a fire and like his last thoughts are that you take up the mantle fighting fires and then you just become a local television producer <laughs> i would have been more like uh john paul valley taking up the mantle and gone completely insane and make it and uh megalomaniac uh making some giant um asriel bat suit uh, firefighter suit i should say and Ooh, i could see that gone completely psychotic uh and start burning people to the ground because they don't respect fire <laughs> That's a great villain. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been the the Scott Glenn of this this movie, definitely, or the Donald Sutherland. <laughs> he goes, "You let him burn, Ronald." I, I did. Didn't respect the fire. Yeah, Robert De Niro is pretty pretty bad. That's this movie's got good actors. It's got Kurt Russell. It's got Billy Baldwin. It's got Robert De Niro, Donald Sutherland, Jennifer Jason Lee. Rebecca De Mornay. Swing. She'd be Rebecca De Hornay. 
<laughs> it's got Clint Howard. <laughs> Nothing. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Does have Clint? I was gonna say, oh yeah, Clint Howard. Of course, Clint Howard. Of course, Clint Howard. In it. So um, now, I, I of course, when you look in Wikipedia, it, there's a, a article. There's a line that says realism. And it says, firefighting professionals have noted that most real structure fires differ from what is shown in the movie by having smoke conditions that obscure vision inside the building almost completely. The, pic- hmm. the pictures of firefighting searching in the movies like Backdraft do not really show what it's like to search in a fire. Firefighters are shown advancing through fully involved structure fires, but not wearing a complete uh, complement of protective gear. Uh, no max hoods, radios, pass devices. Most scenes display firefighting while using the uh, scuba SC self-contained breathing apparatus without the use of scuba. Realism in our case would make a very bad movie because the fact is that almost every fire, the smoke conditions compu- completely obscure all visions. And how can you see a brooding and sweaty Kurt Russell battling his way through a fire if, if there's all that fucking apparatus on his face yeah. and smoke in the way? Yeah. Juxtaposed to those those swirling building flames, just mm-hmm. red intensifying. You see him just kind of winding up at the door there, just ready to pop. Yeah. Also, how many how many firefighters going to call and end up getting into an axe fight with one of their fellow firefighters? Yeah, I've done that. Oh, fair enough. Uh, so they said, furthermore, fire investigation professionals have dismissed the investigating methods shown in the movie as unscientific, in particular, the portrayal of fire as a living entity. I think that was more of a metaphor, but whatever. Firefighters, and I could say this because I come from a family of them, are a weird bunch, especially the volunteer ones. <laughs> There's a term called whacker. It has to do with the amount of lights you put on your vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand it. I just know they're an odd bunch. I we've interviewed a bunch of them for work, Squeezer, for one particular project we do every year. Yeah, and and, the, and it's a joy. And I had to when we we got more control of it. I had to say, listen, we need to keep. Then listen, they're very important. When when someone's in an accident, first responders are super. They're the most important people. But they're very strange, strange eclectic bunch. <laughs> Not all of them, but there are a bunch of them. Or very strange. My brother included. Not saying that you and I aren't strange and eclectic. They are in their own way. Yeah, we we are in our, our own way too. Just we don't save lives in the process. So yeah, right. At least they're they're saving lives. So there was a sequel made, Squeezer. It only, it came out a mere two years ago. Backdraft two. Wait, two year like two years ago from today. Not even. It came out May 14th, 2019. So it's not even two years old. Like 28 years after the first one? Yes. Something in there. Yes, exactly. That was good math. That was good math. That that was a guess. I don't don't want people to think otherwise. So I I just learned this now. I had no idea there was a backdraft too. And Billy Baldwin and Donald Sutherland are in it. Wow. Yeah. They got. I mean, they're not really doing anything. So, did you see Donald Sutherland at the at the Golden Globes? He looked like a supervillain in his lair. So the synopsis goes: Arson investigator Sean McCaffrey, son of the late Lieutenant Stephen Bull McCaffrey, 
who was Kurt Russell's character, mm. works out of Station 17 of the Chicago Fire Department. One of the units in the division run by his uncle, Deputy District Chief of Chicago Office of Fire Investigations, Brian McCaffrey. Sean prefers working alone <laughs> and is initially rude when Station 17's Captain White tells him he must follow protocol and work with a partner. Maggie ran it. Oh, is this a police God. procedural or what? I don't. I work alone in a fire? Don't you want a team? <laughs> like... <laughs> people with the hose and the flatters i mean i guess he's uh it's like i guess he's an arson and all... in, i guess he's an arson investigator so okay that makes sense then the new team is assigned a fire in which killed five youngsters on halloween as they confirm the fire is arson they later catch an arsonist who tells them that he turned down a massive fee to set the halloween fire sean talks with ronald bartol which is um donald sutherland the murderous arsonist who'd been in prison for decades. He's like the Hannibal Lecter of these movies. Bartle provides insight that includes the involvement of terrorists using fire to distract from the theft of missiles. A bomb is planted in Sean's home, and Sean calls Brian and tells him about what happened. Brian drops by and see if he can sees if he can defuse it, but dies in the process. Spoilers, sorry guys. A funeral is held for Brian, and Sean bids farewell to him, as just as he bid farewell to his father decades. Was this written by Homer? Wait, they killed Billy Baldwin? Yeah. Does the pie show up soon? Ronald expresses <laughs> condolences to Sean and explains to him where the terrorists possibly hang out. Sean and Maggie Wait, go after the terrorists, who are subsequently caught and defeated. As in the previous film, the picture ends when a call comes in for another fire. I think we got the wrong Sutherland here. No, no. How did this? It that, was like a, that was like a, that was like a season of Twenty Four. What the fuck? Like uh, it's it says it holds a forty percent score on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't believe that for one fuck. Oh, Child Two has seven percent. Backdraft Two. Where can I watch this? This is worth me wasting. It my does. Time. It has a, it has a forty percent, but it has a sixteen percent audience score. That's usually the more, oh, the okay. one you could usually go that with. Means, that means three credits, three critics reviewed it. And yes. Two of them were paid to like it. Five, critics reviewed it. Oh. Two, wow. two liked it, and three hated it. What? What the? This is the kind of brainless but trash. <laughs> this is. This is I'm reading this word for word. This is the kind of brainless but trashily enjoyable film that would suit the bill when you're looking for something to watch hungover on a lazy Sunday afternoon. Is that's a positive review? That's a positive review. That's not a positive review. I could have just said that about Problem Child. The hell. Um uh, so here's a bad review. Unnecessary, nonsensical sequel has violence language. <laughs> uh, Daniel Barnes of Dare Daniel says, Unfortunately, there is no reason to care about anyone on screen other than nostalgia for a 30-year-old movie that no one likes or remembers. <laughs> now that's a review. <laughs> yes. Rob Hunter of Slash Film says, So yeah, maybe there's just enough here to make a watch worthwhile for fans of the original, but I would wait until it hits a streaming service you're already paying for. 
Here's a positive review from Fred Topol of We Live Entertainment. Backdraft 2 is a lot of investigating and interviewing, but so was the original. <laughs> if Billy jumped off a bridge, would you too? <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Okay, We Live Entertainment. I'm on their website now. So, I, he starts with, I really like how Universal plums its catalogs with titles to make direct-to-video sequels. It's a good way to give movies that wouldn't generate theatrical sequels solid follow-ups like Hard Target and Kindergarten Cop. What? Wait, what? Yeah, right? This guy There's likes... a Kindergarten Cop too. Yeah, it's with, um, it's with, uh, fucking, what's his name from, uh, Rocky, um, uh, Drago, what's his name? The guy who plays Drago. I seen Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren, yes, it's Dolph Lundgren. You never saw the trailer? I watched the trailer for it. I was like, ooh, God. No. When, when did that come out? Uh, I, le- I was living here, Nine? so... Like... Four years ago, maybe? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Hold on, let's see if I can find the trailer. Kindergarten Cop 2 Trailer. It came out uh, in 2016, yeah. Huh. Dolph Lundgren no idea. is Kindergarten Cop too. At Seattle's most prestigious elementary school, children are given the guidance they need. Deep breath in, deep breath out. To become good citizens of the world. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The first comment underneath the YouTube videos, Kindergarten Cop 2. This time, it is a tumor. <laughs> this academy just hired the perfect teacher. Dolph Lundgren is Kindergarten Cop 2. This almost feels like a pitch from Charlie and Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This machine knows me Twitch bar. It's like a South Park He's an undercover FBI agent. Looking for stolen data. How close are you to making a breakthrough? There's definitely warming up to me. And one of these kids holds the key. They are totally useless for reliable information. To uncover the truth, he'll have to use every trick in the book. They can smell fear. They're six. I have two mommies and they tell me I shouldn't trust boys. Next! From Universal Pictures. They're children. I can handle this. Dude, you're dreaming. It's uh, Bill Bellamy uh, and Dolph. It's a two-hander. It's not just Dolph Lundgren. Ah. Mr. E gave us chocolate. She's funny. Starring Dolph Lundgren. All right, everybody. Let's sit down. Indian style. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And Bill Bellamy. You don't say Indian style. See what I got to deal with? Is that the other kindergarten teacher? She is fine. The school is There's a possible romance between a really young, pretty teacher and old Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I mean, but he's still handsome. Not me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how Zach Reed, kindergarten teacher, rolls. Own it on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD. Yeah, that's a steaming pile of shit right there. <laughs> how do how do I see that in theaters? <laughs> no, you didn't hear the <laughs> premise. It's it's. Universal's mining their back catalog for shitty direct. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Um, because it's it's kind of smart when you're you're scrolling through like iTunes. You're like, wow, is there any movies out that we want to watch? And you're there's really nothing. But you're like, 
Oh, Kindergarten Cop 2. We should definitely watch that. Let's watch that. You buy it. Backdraft 2. Oh, shit. There's a Backdraft 2. Yeah, I'll buy that. You know. Are there enough people out there to do that to create a profit margin? They keep doing it, Squeezer. They keep Ugh. doing it. They prop the I budget guess. on these movies is probably fifty dollars. Yeah. Uh, just the, the title, Kindergarten Cop Two, because they say, and he's a kindergarten cop too. Is it the number two? It's the number two. It, it's not T O. Or is it he's a kindergarten cop yeah. two? Yeah. No, it's not. Look who's talking to. Well, that doesn't make any sense then, the way they said it. Well, yeah, they're like, and it's starring Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> like, they pitched it like Charlie and Mac pitched the yeah, Dolph it... Lundgren movie in their show. <laughs> he, he gets on all fours and uh, the seven cents, the sense, he could smell crime. <laughs> he gets on all fours and runs like a hound. That's all I have to say about Backdraft. That's all I got to say about that. Squeezer, moving on to your next movie of 1991. Is this made from real lemons? Yes. I'll buy a cup if you buy a box of my delicious Girl Scout cookies. Are they made from real Girl Scouts? They're wildly sensitive. What are you doing? I'm going to electrocute him. Oh, all right. Deeply eccentric. Ah, miss! Terminally kind. But most of all... May I have the salt? What do we say? Now. Their family. The Adams Family. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, November 22nd. Starts Friday, November 22nd. November 22nd. It's so weird, though, the way they drop it. it just completely drop out of character. Uh, I absolutely adore this movie. And I was so surprised... When I came on and just, you know, like, pull up the numbers and, like, like get Angelic Houston's comments on on it, which she was miserable. Like, everyone's really happy with their roles, but she was kind of miserable in the production because of all the makeup and, like, she'd, like, have her eyes, like, peeled back with, like, all these prosthetics and it would give her headaches. And who's this? take it off and take, like, Angelica Houston. Oh, Tisha. Yeah. Like, so she'd wear prosthetics to, like, pull her eyes back to give her that look. The cat eye. Um, and then they did that, and they did the same thing, like, with her uh, her chin, like, to get her cheeks and stuff like that. And She's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it, it was though. not a pleasant experience for her. Yeah. But she agreed but to she do it again. she just said they got really high all the time. Hmm. She did it twice, so she had to like it in some way. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that's one of those movies where you put the cast together like that. And uh, I would think if you like, hey, you're going to do another movie and you get to be with Raul Julia again. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Because to me, he's my Gomez Adams. Like, he was fantastic in it. Um, and also, who's better than bringing in Christopher Lloyd as your Uncle Fester slash? And th- my only real issue with the movie is the story itself. Um is your Uncle Fester slash Gordon. Um, Christina Ricci, who was like my first... She was... And sadly, not even as Christina Ricci, but like Wednesday was like my first crush. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw myself as a little Pugsley. <laughs> you know? so. Yeah, I believe uh, when we performed uh, 
Adam's family for the kids at Sweets and Treats at Coca-Cola Park. The idea is the businesses that own the sweets on the sweet level decorate their sweets for Halloween for a trick-or-treat for kids. And we took over our companies because no one was doing it. And every other company was doing like stupid, like kid-friendly things, nothing scary. So the first year you and I did Murder Mystery, that was 2011, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the big picture in your think, office. Yeah, Murder Mystery is 2011. Yeah. Then 2012, we upped our game and did Adam's Family. And I was Gomez. Uh, Kim was Morticia at the office. Uh, Uncle, our Uncle Bix was Uncle, our, our own Uncle Fester played Uncle Fester. And it, it's a spitting image, folks. Yeah, it is. It really is. And you played Thing, uh, popping out of a mailbox and throwing candy at the kids. It was it was a great gag that worked every time. That was so much fun. They they would sometimes they would notice Uncle Fester in the in the coffin, and they would be like, "We know Uncle," and then you'd pop out and they'd scream. Um, but then Chris Brandt at work says, "What is he playing Thing for? <laughs> Put a striped shirt on him. He's Bugsley." <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I mean, it is me. I'm a little sadistic. I'm quiet. You are Pugsley, yes. yes. I am I'm Pugsley, like to a T. You're Pugsley who never um, had your Wednesday to, no. to strap you into the guillotine. No, I would electrocute myself instead. <laughs> yeah. um, your sister is more into selling Girl Scout cookies than... Yes. Oh, yeah. that, that's oh, such a great line, too. She was so good in that. Um... There's been a fan. No, that was like our first. There's been a fan movement to get her into a reboot as Morticia. Someone released a picture that was doctored of her as Morticia, and uh, I I'm all for it. Yeah, it was great. And and it, I you like when like this goes to like when we're talking about like one we're talking about Wandavision. Like you can tell like they like what they're doing. Like you can tell the cast enjoyed. Oh yeah, these roles. They asked like, Paul. Julia admitted, like, they asked Paul Bettany right. how long he would play Vision for, and he said, "As long as they'll have me." Yeah, like you don't, you know, he's not done playing Vision. He wants, and that's a that's a lot of makeup too, and to want to do that role. Yeah, that says something. Um, and like Raul Julia said, like it, it was one of his favorite roles to be Gomez. Christina Ricci loved being. Uh, Do you think he loved Gomez uh, or M. Bison more? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I kind of like him as M. Bison. So do I. I thought he was great. I, I like that movie. I thought he was great. The best part about that movie is they just, everything is so over the top that you can just enjoy it. And it's one of those things where F the critics and they're like, oh, well, that's, they're chewing the souvenir there. It's a video game movie and they're having fun. Right. And, like, it, this is coming from him, like, his statements and, like, his, his family's estate afterwards. And they even released statements saying, like, oh, he loved playing Gomez because he made kids happy. And all he wanted to do was entertain. And if he saw kids being happy, he was happy. Well, sir, you made me happy with M's family. You made me happy with M's family values. And I loved him as M. Bison. I, that's Street Fighter was one of those movies where I watched, again, just like this one over and over again i don't care how ridiculous it was it's just fun 
that, yeah. that's where like i yeah. i like remember I our, I our briscoe had a, a vhs copy in his impala his white impala like in the side door <laughs> like like as long as we knew him he had that vhs copy of street fighter in his car door when we were yeah, doing you never know when you need it that's what he would always say he's like hey if, when you want street fighter you got it right um, but yeah, the, the critics weren't too fond of it. Like they're like, "Oh, it's disjointed," and that, that just means that. All right, sorry, it didn't. The movie didn't play out the way you wanted it to. Um, although I will admit, my biggest issue with the, when when shows break up their cast, it's like the uh, when like Stranger Things two, or uh, uh, Arrested Development not on Fox where it's like the the idea is like when you have your whole cast together and they're interacting and doing your thing like they normally would that's what you like my only issue with this wait was what did Stranger Things like, 2 do uh, they split the kids up too much really Stranger Things 3 did that even more and I loved it yeah but they came back together I felt like too they were it was too much Everyone going their own way. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Back down. Right. Stand down. I'm. I... How did this movie do that? Uh. Well, the whole the whole st- the Fester storyline thing, where like Fester is Gordon. He's not like you don't. He's an imposter the whole time. Spoilers. You know, and they're they're trying. To but he's not an imposter. He's. But he is. He thinks he is. He thinks he is, but he's actually Fester. Yes. But, like, you kind of wanted to see just Fester as Fester. But where's the storyline, Fester then? as... You come up with something else. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Just make Adam's Family Values. Done. Which is a great movie. Um, Adam's Family Values is way better. Which is better. fantastic. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So there. I'm right. See? But they, bro- they split them up um, in there, too. That's right, they did a little bit. With fucking... What's her name? The, uh, the Malkovich. Debbie? No. Debbie, but uh, not Malkovich. Uh, Cusack. Cusack. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, it, my my thing is, like, the whole time, like, I was kind of bitter. Like, I loved Uncle Fester, but I'm like, but he's the bad guy, kind of, up until the end, you know? And I, I guess you need that character arc. But I'm like, why couldn't I have done that with like cousin it or something? And I could have just had my normal uncle. Did the whole time. you see the the 3D animated movie that came out like two years ago? I didn't. I meant to, and it just you know fell down the list of watch. Uh, we saw it in the theater actually. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. It's funny. It's cute. Yeah, good. I, I'm glad. Like I, I love and I used to watch when like when the old shows used to be on Nick at night, like I would watch them. I watched the cartoon. Like, I love it. It's a fun yeah, the cartoon was great. I had some of the action figures. Uh, there was a lawsuit uh over this and it was settled out of court because the thing is they bought the rights to the Adams family from, from the basically they bought the rights from the creator and the comic strip. But a lot of the elements and a lot of the character and imagery and stuff comes from the 60s TV show. Mm-hmm. 
and they got sued there because they're like, well, no, you 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 took this from the show. You don't own the rights to the content that we created in the show. You bought the rights to the concept and the comic, like the whole the, like the light bulb thing. That's straight out of the original series, uh, out of the the TV series, not mm-hmm. the comic strip. So they settle out of court, and I'm sure it's like, look, t- here's you know fifty bucks. Go, He's like, okay, thank you. You've seen but, Adam Sandler reunion, right? Didn't you talk about it? No, with Tim Curry. As as uh, Gomez and and Daryl Hannah as Morticia. No, I I know of it and I know they you know they're they I I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Oh, I thought you talked about it on the like early on in the show. I might have talked about it, but not as like I as a like subject that I've viewed or anything like that. It could have been me venting about like making a police academy mission to moscow kind of movie mm. when you were already peaked and made the greatest police academy movie of all time city under siege yes well i would suggest seeing the adams family uh 3d animated movie it's good uh and, and there's a stranger things tie-in finn wolfhard plays mike huh. is pugsley and uh okay. o- oscar isaac and uh, Charlize Theron are Gomez and Morticia. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's where's a, that at? I don't. I don't somewhere. <laughs> it's probably streaming somewhere. Google, Nick Kroll is Uncle Fester, and Snoop Dogg is cousin It. <laughs> Bette Midler is Grandmama Adams. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is Wednesday. She does a good job. Martin Short is Grandpa Fump. Oh, I think it's on the uh, the Hulu. Hulu? I'll look around. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's really good. I liked it. Right, we saw it at uh, the movie theater where you eat. What? It's been so long since I've been there. I forget what it's called. Uh. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know. Yeah, I know where you're at. The movie tavern. Movie tavern. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We saw it there. Aha! It's like they took like two things that you can't ever do and put them together. Go to a movie and eat. (laughs) All right. Here is my next movie from 1991. Wherever women need protecting... Lives need defending, and criminals need busting. Talk, you lowlife scum. If that's your attitude, forget it. Lieutenant Frank Drebin will be somewhere else. The water's over there, Frank. Leslie Nielsen, The Naked Gun, two and a half, The Smell of Fear, rated PG-13. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Now, my dad was a huge Naked Gun fan. Uh, I can see that, yeah. He was a big airplane fan, and uh, two-thirds, or I think one-third, two-thirds of the, all of the uh, airplane people produce this, but one-third of the directorial team, three people directed airplane, and one-third of that team directed this movie, this parody. I will talk about the another third of the movie who directed another much better parody 
that came out this year. But that's for later. That's next pick. This Ooh. this was Zaza Gabor, Mel Torme, Richard Griffin. You know, th- this was I think also in my opinion the weakest of the three movies. The first one was so classic and so fucking amazing with Enrico Palazzo and the you're mm-hmm. out. And the third one was uh, the one with uh, Anna Nicole Smith. 33 and a third. Mm-hmm. I actually I liked... saw that in theaters. Yeah, so did, so did we. That was the only one we saw in theaters. But the first one and second one we watched, obviously, on pay-per-view. Uh, the second one came out in June of 1991, so we probably saw it, you know, that fall. Um, it's pretty. The plot's pretty stupid and all over the place. Him and uh, Priscilla Presley are broken up. And there's someone, George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, is tasking him... Uh, with uh, finding some doctor country's energy program. It's really to go into the plot of this movie would be ridiculous. Um, And and there's very little like trivia to find on this squeezer, like like little tidbits or nuggets, if you will, I could have said about this movie. (laughs) It's got Robert Goulet as the bad guy. Goulet. (laughs) I always think of um, the voice of, uh, and I can't remember his name. He's the voice of the kid who sings on uh, Recess. And uh, Mikey. He's the voice of Mikey singing in the Recess. And he's also... Uh, Will Ferrell played him on um, Saturday Night Live. Uh, also a uh, probable... Pro- uh, accused and uh, murderer. Um, O.J. Simpson is in the movie, too. Oh. Yeah. Weird Al Yankovic has a um, brief role as a thug. Who says, okay, pig, say your prayers. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's funny, but it's not the best. The first one's the best, and the third one's better, and this one is the least funny, I think, of the three of them. Th- this was the first one I think I saw. Oh. So I think, I think I saw this one, and then I saw one. And then I saw thirty three and a third. There was there was a, a lot of people made fun of the bushes. I don't know what it was, but this movie, like a lot of things, made fun of the bushes. Um, and the remember the commercial ad parodying T two with Frank. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, this was just a movie I liked. And my dad was a big fan of it, and it was it was good. And it came out, and, and I saw it in 1991 for sure. I can guarantee you that. But I didn't have much to say about it, so it was kind of my middle movie. So, Squeezer, here's your next picture. Holiday season. Where can a cat become a dog? A dog? <laughs> Where can an ordinary girl become a star? The girl you left behind. She can a little mouse become a big hero? You saved my life. I'll never forget this, kid. In the magical new holiday adventure. He's come back to us. Steven Spielberg presents An American Tale. Bible Goes West. Rated G. Now playing at theaters everywhere. I never saw this one. Oh, really? No, I only saw I, the original. I, I like this one. I'm not going to lie. It's, it, Is it as heartbreaking as... as the original? 
No, 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 no. It's a kids' movie, through and through. Um, no, it, it's it's very it's bright, it's light, it's easy, it's quick. Um, it's it's nothing like it's nothing like the first one. It, as a kid, I like this one a lot better. I can as see why the first one was scary and shit. Yeah, it was it was scary. It was sad. It was dark. Like it was like death around every corner. Like it it was just horrible, horrible existence. Mm-hmm. Th- this is just this is a fun, uh, rootin' tootin' time. Um, and yeah, and and, and now I'm like of course I like the first one better because it's dark and sad and death is around every corner. You know, it's like life. Um. Uh, this is also not produced and directed by Don Bluth. So they they went to him and like apparently this happened right after this came out in 91. Uh, American Tale came out in 86. And following uh the release of the movie, uh Spielberg sent one of his producers over to Merry Old England to talk to good old Don about uh, making a sequel. Her name might be Kathleen Kennedy. Mm. And they're like, hey, we want to make a sequel to your Fievel movie. I'm like, all right. It's like, but we want you to do it for half the money. That always works in animation. Yeah. And he's like, no, we can't do that. And like, Really? You're going to turn this down? He's like, yeah. Like, we can't do it. Like, I have stand... I just made Land Before Time, which cost a fortune, and you want me to do it for, like, ha- like a-, a quarter of that? Um, and uh, so they he broke off his deal with Spielberg. Spielberg decided to do the movie on his own uh, under the Amblin um, moniker? uh banner header production company what um and it cost four times to produce than what they offered Bluth to do it. Hmm. Um which if they would have just given him whatever he needed, I'm sure he would have made that movie and under that budget. So the animation it looks different. If Don Bluth would have done it, it would have been American Tale two, Five Goes West and and learns to suffer the loss of our our Native American brother and sisters. <laughs> oh yeah, it would have been it would have been buried the heart at wounded knee with mice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all have been they all have been holed up in like some Adobe house. Another Kiefer Sutherland there. Fucking hey, listen. This is an Adobe house, all right? Photoshop and Premiere till I die, motherfucker. I'm... I know what you meant. Uh, I was just making a joke. I meant... Yeah. That's adorable. You're adorable. <laughs> Play on words. Play on word. Wordplay! Uh, and so... Uh, my, my All of all the characters, they introduce... Um, so they go west, and Fievel's like. Uh, do they go west? By, like, yeah, they do go west. It's in the it's in the title. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Dom DeLuise comes back as Tiger, who they kind of re. A lot of characters got kind of tweaked and redrawn and stuff, made him more just cartoony, poppier, if you will. Um, and but Jimmy Stewart as Wiley Burp is a 
adorable. He plays like an old cowboy sheriff dog. Uh and he's that's, fan- he, he, that, he's he right the one at th- the price of admission. He's fantastic. He's the one at the end of the trailer. The, yeah, who the, I thought the was sloppy old dog. Who I thought was no. I'm just from listening. I don't know if it was a dog or what, but it's. I was like, oh, whoever's at the end of the trailer is doing a bad Jimmy Stewart impression. No, yeah, no, no. That's Where not a farm? bad Jimmy Stewart impression. That's Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Lovitz is in it. John Cleese. Uh, in his first uh, voiceover role, uh, I I I like it because it is it's just it, again, like the previous two. It's just a fun, light, well, not like the last one, but colorful movie. It's just very bright and mm-hmm. and pretty compared to the previous outing. Um, not I'm not saying that it's better, but it's funner. Mm-hmm. Um, now it, it, it did okay. It didn't, it wasn't the monster that was its first, uh, the American tale. It's better than its two direct to video sequels that were made in like the late nineties. Oh, there's more American um, tales. I did yeah, not know there's that. More. It's like five O goes North search for Curly's gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the biggest issue this movie had, let me go to my domestic box office release for where is it for july no it wasn't july hang on i got this november 22nd yep i got see i got too many screens up november 22nd there it is american tale five goes west and what did it open up against oh adam's family's there and where is oh a week before beauty and the beast ah tales yeah. all this time yeah it got hammered uh whereas beauty and the beast was one of the highest grossing movies of the year um american tale five goes west not uh not its strongest uh competition but it was it was good i like it and and it was one of those vhs cases like one of the white plasticky snap open ones that you can cut your hand on like kind of like it's like the thicker one where it's like like the disney vault packaging mm-hmm. i just i always remember that it was one of the few actual vhs tapes that we had uh like that we own like newer ones. Everything else is like copies of something that we rented. Hmm. So I always thought that was neat. Oh, also it was, it set the record. Whereas uh, Batman had set the record. Batman 89 set it. Five will then set and held the record for some time. It was only like four months between theatrical release and home video release, <whistles> which now is becoming now is like, you, you, it's like the standard. Right. But back then it's like, no, we got to, hold on to that yeah milk the shit even if it's not in theaters we just gotta make you wait it's like a drug dealer right i'm gonna make you want it make you want that all right uh shall we move on i think so so i talked about uh, one parody movie made by one third of the airplane team another third of the airplane team went on to make a much better parody movie that was still one of my favorite i love this fucking movie 
These men have been selected to write a page in military history. They are the best the Navy and Air Force have to offer. Charlie Sheen. Seems no matter what I do, I end up hurting someone. Lloyd Bridges. Call them the best of the best. You're the best of the best. Call them Hot Shots, the mother of all movies. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, July 31st at theaters everywhere. Jim Abrams is beautiful Hot Shots. My dad took us to see it at the Second Run Theater, the Plaza in the Whitehall Mall for a dollar. Nice. And we laughed our ass. We had... So... um. Was this? I think Hot Shots Part Two is when we had the span. Part Two is when we had the Spanish uh, exchange student. So that would be two years later for for that. But this you first had a Spanish exchange student. We did. Yeah, Javier Beltran Fernandez. That's a sick ass name. Yeah, Javi. Um, I've been to Spain, but I don't remember where he's from, so we couldn't look him up. Ah. Uh, they loved American blue jeans. That's all I remember. He, he bought a lot of Levi's, a lot of American blue jeans when we were, he was I here. I thought those Russians. No, no. I mean, it was really close to that Iron Curtain squeezer, so. Uh, all right. This was the 93, you know. Tear down that think. wall. So this was uh, Charlie Sheen playing <laughs> Harley. Topper Harley. Uh, and it, it, this was a direct parody of, of Top Gun. Mm-hmm. So while Hot Shots is parodying Police Squad, this is a parody of uh, Top Gun. And so um, Keith Kenneth Turan of Los Angeles Time said there was five key differences between this film and Naked Gun, Two and a Half, Smell of Fear. And why he preferred the former over the latter. Uh, he said, somehow, these two films are different. One of them makes you laugh. The other, to put it kindly, does not. In the interest of consumer sanity, should you find yourself in the position of trying to remember which is which, what follows is five reasons why Hot Shots is the one to see if you're only seeing one. Reason one, Hot Shots parodies something specific. Though other Flyboy movies get a nod, Abrams and Proft clearly had a bombastic Top Gun in mind when they penned the story of disgraced flyer Topper Harley, who gets a second chance when he joins Operation Sleepy Weasel. <laughs> Reason two, Charlie Sheen is back and Hot Shots has him. Though Sheen has not made a career out of comedy. This is weird, this, saying this in 91, because he then goes on to make a career out of comedy. But in the 80s, he was mainly a dramatic guy. Uh, reason three, amusing references to other films are frequent and funny. My favorite is the nine and a half weeks scene. Even though I never saw nine and a half weeks till I was like in college, the scene where he like like short order cooks eggs and breakfast with hash browns on her stomach after mel- <laughs> melting ice is hysterical. Yeah. Like they're doing a sexy like strawberry and um like chocolate and then he melts ice an ice cube on her stomach and then he cracks two eggs and puts some hash browns and bacon <laughs> and he's flipping them with a spatula um i think he makes like a, a reuben sandwich and dips it and gives her a bite of it classic well, i i, I want to see it and go through 
everything he eats. Because as a kid, I thought that was the funniest scene. I laughed so hard. My mom thought I was demented. Scene. Let's see if it's on here. Okay, hot shots. The food of love. Here it is. So he takes, he takes, he's taking grapes out of the fridge, and he feeds, feeds them to her, and she like goes to bite it, and he pulls it away. It's you know, it's very nine and a half weeks, like sensual. And the music is like playing upon that. He now he's a strawberry, he's running it down her nose, and she eats that. <laughs> then he pulls out a pizza out of the fridge and rolls it up. Into like a burrito. <laughs> Licks the top of it. Like a joint. And feeds her that. And she takes a big bite. And I can only imagine how many times I had seen this. But you don't see her swallowing. So she probably spits it out. Then she lays down. And he lays next to her. And she's a very attractive woman. And he's got an olive. And he puts it in her belly button. <laughs> which is really weird. <laughs> I think he pops it into her mouth from here. Yeah. And then he, he pushes down and pops it into her mouth. Then she sucks the pimento out and eats it. And he does that. Ooh. And now he's melting the ice cube. And you hear the trip into her belly button. <laughs> now it's it's sizzling like it's hot. Like it's, it's a grill. And here comes the best part. He goes, ooh. Like that heat. Gas an egg and a glass, cracks the egg, and now he's, now he's making an egg. I don't know how they filmed this. They quick cut off it. Now he puts two strips of bacon, raw bacon down. She's like, oh, topper. And he's got the spatula working the bacon. I think they just would spray now he's laid down some hash browns. <laughs> now he kisses her. That's fucking it's there. As a uh, kid. See that right there, like I uh, I know it's a comedy, but I mean you, you know you do your hash browns first, then your meat, and then your eggs last. I mean it's common sense. I thought you'd lay the bacon down a little bit first to get some grease off it before you put the potatoes down. Well you do. But you, then you eat that bacon. The bacon uh, that you're going to eat with your potatoes and eggs, you put in after that. <laughs> My bad. You're completely right. Um, and then he says, reason four, Sheen and Valera Galeno are the most engaging couple. Uh, reason five, Hot Shots has an aircraft carry. A naked gun two and a half doesn't. And does it all. Yeah. And they, they drop believe. a bomb in Saddam Hussein's lap. That's classic scene. <laughs> I actually like this for some reason. I like Park Do more. So do I. More Saddam Hussein, probably. There is more. I will kill you until you die. Right, and it's Rambo um, instead of uh, Top Gun. Top Gun and a bunch of romantic comedies. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more Rambo. Uh, but I, I can't believe. So it, it's funny. I, uh, I pulled up just uh, aside from all our picks, like the top highest-grossing films of the year and stuff. And I knew Terminator 2 was going to be up there. I knew Prince of Thieves uh, was up there. I knew 
Beauty and the Beast was up there. I didn't realize Hot Shots, and, and I don't mean this as an insult, but like when you dude, think of Hot, Shots, like Hot Shots, Hot Shots was a juggernaut. It it, it was, critics it loved it, and it made grossing film. It made a fortune. Hundred eighty-one million dollars off a twenty-six like million movie, dollar budget. Yeah, movies like that aren't supposed to reach that high. Like in that like snooty, hold your nose up kind of. You know, they gave this. The sequel like, was made for less money, and it still made a hundred and thirty-three million dollars. It didn't make one hundred eighty-one, but it still made one hundred thirty-three million. R- Rambo with Saddam Hussein. I mean, it's fucking classic. <laughs> and the Energizer Bunny. Yes, the Energizer. They didn't. Critics didn't like this one as much as the first one, but I, I did. No. I do love it. Yeah, I I think that's just being a, I, well no to say it's even sillier it's ridiculous but that's all right um your next picture Mr. Squeezer. Mm-hmm. TriStar Pictures and Steven Spielberg bring you a remarkable new film. Don't you know who you are? That will stir the imagination. Where are we going? Neverland. And touch the heart. This holiday, give your family the gifts of wonder, magic, and enchantment. Robin Williams, Julia Roberts, Bob Hoskins, and Dustin Hoffman as Hook. Rated PG, now playing at a theater near you. Now playing at a theater near you. Man, that Spielberg guy was busy signing off on shit back then. Mm-hmm. He directed this one, though. He did direct this one. Uh... I, I I was ready bingo cards. I was all in on the hook at the time. Hook was, uh, I I loved this movie, and it was one of those weird, uh, how do I say like, whereas like you get like yeah, Ninja Turtles is going to have uh, Happy Meal toys and action figures, and hell, even Terminator is going to have action figures, but like. I, w- I had the hook figures. I had them all. As many as there were. I did and not. The Happy Meal toys. Um I loved I loved this movie. Like it was it was the this swashbuckling adventure. Like you wanted like you're a kid. Like when we were kids we didn't have pi- this is the closest thing we had as a to a pirates movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, you're supposed to have cowboys and Indians, or uh, um, I'm sorry, cattle rustlers and native peoples being displaced, and you're supposed to have pirates and I don't know privateers. They're the legal version of a pirate, I guess, and uh, grown men that dress up in leotards and hang out with little kids and play have food fights with them. Uh, I what I love the most out of it was there was um the live TV um was it NBC did it but there was there was like the the theater production of Peter Pan that used to be on TV and that was the only thing I had like That was with a female Peter Pan, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember that um, one. Yep. It was on Fox. And 
And I would watch, we had it on tape, and I would watch it over and over and over again. And then Hook came out. And I'm like... You had the cartoon. Uh, like the movie? The movie, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the same, though. It was, I, I don't know, I, I wanted the... And I loved the cartoon. I did. But to have, like, this live-action Peter Pan swashbuckling adventure... Um, you like the word sl- was, swashbuckling, don't you? Well, in in a tertiary kind of way. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, I'm a more clever person would have found a better way to put that in, but I just kind of shoehorned it in, like you know, non-educated non-writer. Um, and and it was just the production value on it was so big, like it felt cool, like as as a kid to see something like that, like they didn't cheap out on you. Like the, it was like this world of Peter Pan that you got to live in, right? And like you, you wanted to cl- that. It's something you wanted to play in, mm-hmm. you know. Like that, especially like down at the docks, the boat, and so you wanted to climb on all of that stuff. Sure. And then the croc with the clock, like it, everything, kind of just tied in, and it kind of like it was like the first like I don't want to call it a, a a multiverse, but like there was like as a kid, like it was like a sequel playing out, like but like over time, like all right, great, we got Ninja Turtles and Ninja Turtles too. It's just more turtles, mm-hmm. but like for us, it was like like the the continuation of a long story going on. Like wait, Peter Pan's old, and that was kind of cool to see. Like it added like it added depth to that whole world. It made like Neverland feel much more alive than just a place to go, like, fly out your window and then go hang out in. You put a lot more thought in than I did as a kid. I was just like, oh, Robin Williams, Peter Pan, they have a food fight. I like it. Well, all right. Th- this is That's coming from me as at, at, uh, at eight. I'm like, yeah, I thought, like, wow, that was cool. And, Mommy, why is, why is Rufio making that funny face with that pointy stick in his chest? Mommy? Is he going to be okay? Oh, I hated Rufio. I was glad he died. Oh, I mean, I kind of was too, but that, that was I'm sure it was some fun. And, and fortunately, it gave us just a chance that anytime you're walking down the street, you see someone get stabbed, you can just scream out, Rufio! <laughs> you know? Or if someone with a shitty colored up hairdo is obnoxious to you, you can just call him Rufio. Sneezing. Gesundheit. I love how you have the magic ability to lay out and not say a word without (laughs) knowing that I'm sneezing when I'm killing the board to sneeze. I I had no idea you were doing it. No. You just like, as soon as I pot down, you just lay out. I'm done. Move on. Thank you for that. (laughs) Here is Uh, my last movie. Extraordinary reactions. I loved it. To an extraordinary movie. Fried Green Tomatoes. Golden Globe nominated for Best Picture. Best Actress, Kathy Bates. And Best Supporting Actress, Jessica Tandy. Oh, a great story. It's for friends. Best friends. It just touches every single emotion. It brought back a lot of memories. Got me right here. Kathy Bates, Jessica Tandy, Fried Green Tomatoes. Rated PG-13. Now in select areas. Friday, January 24th, everywhere. 
that uh, what becomes of the broken hearted song gives me Delilah PTSD. <laughs> my mom, oh, my mom loved this movie. Loved this movie. I, I don't know what, like looking back on what it says when she would just scream to Wanda and, and no Christy, not the weird uh, coal town that you grew up in in Pennsylvania. Um, so it was based on a 1987 novel called Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. And it was set, I believe, in the antebellum south, right? I think so. I've never, I'm not going to lie, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, I've, I've seen it more times than I, not by choice. Just like when my mom oh, wanted to watch a movie, this was the movie we watched. And she loved, and so it's Kathy Bates and um Jessica Tandy uh are um like in the modern times in 1991 and Jessica okay. Tandy tells a story of Iggy and and Ruth to Pop, Mary Stuart Masterson and Mary Louise Parker I believe they're lesbians um but Chris O'Donnell uh, isn't it? Uh, fuck. I think they they eat, they kill. I remember they at one point they kill and they serve a, a person in the movie. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, that's not the kind. Of... Oh, yeah, they feed him to the town. So, um, why was I not watching this? Then this sounds awesome. No, nah, I mean, it's more a story that all feminists will enjoy. A housewife tired of her mundane existence finds solace in the stories of an elderly woman. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. The narrative switches between several times in any stories, which is set between World War One and World War Two. Um, and then the 1980s in Birmingham. So Ninny tells a story with Iggy Threadgood, who's a tomboy, and she describes her as her sister-in-law. I think I'm not. I wasn't ever sure as a kid if Jessica Tandy was actually Iggy, uh, but I don't know. I, I fucking don't know or care. This movie was weird, and apparently, what I read was unlike the novel the film does not make the lesbian romance between the two central characters explicit it leaves it ambiguous um i was 91 they were scared to go that right way. and the iggy and ruth engaging in a food fight was intended to be seen as symbolic lovemaking oh yeah you guys copped out there no mm-hmm, balls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah, they do. They do. The guy who beats uh, his wife, played by Mary Lou, Ruth, they kill. Uh, Iggy kills him, and they wind up. I think I'm pretty sure. I don't see this in the. Okay, here it is. Initially, Iggy initially resists Ruth's attempts at friendship, but gradually deep attachment between them. Ruth leaves Whistle Stop to marry Frank Bennett. And moves to Volstadt, Georgia. Iggy tries to forget her. Uh, finds out she's the subject of physical abuse from Frank. Against his wishes and violent attempts to stop her, she returns to Whistle Stop with Iggy, where her baby, Buddy Jr., is born. Papa Threadgood gives Iggy money to start a business so she could care for Ruth and Buddy. 
She and Ruth open the Whistle Stop Cafe, employing the family cook. Doesn't... Okay, Frank returns to Whistle Stop to kidnap Buddy Jr., but his attempt is thwarted by an unseen assailant, and he is later reported missing. Um... It doesn't show you. I, th I think they insinuate that they kill... I'm not sure. I don't remember. I think they insinuate that they kill him and feed him to people. Which is dark. Hmm. As fried green tomatoes? No, as like... As like... Um, like a loose meat sandwich. Oh, yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. A little pulley, though. <laughs> okay. Well, a little tough. Yeah, but... You know, if it's cooked long, like a like a, like a sloppy Joe, I believe. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how I want to be eaten. Yeah. I guess the Joe me. Uh, do they serve human? Do they serve human <laughs> and green tomatoes? Fried green. Well, you're thinking of Temple of Doom. Okay, here it is. It's on Reddit. Of course, Reddit answers it. Whew. So, near the end of the film, it is implied that in order to hide the body of the man who was killed in self-defense, Iggy cooked the body and served him at a barbecue. So, if you look oh. online, this is taken as a fact, and the film even shows up on the list with surprise cannibalism scenes. However, considering Nini and Iggy are implied to be the same person in the film, I took the implication that the story was another one of Iggy's tall tales and that this story was, in fact, the first major hint that the two women are one and the same. After all, the first scene with Iggy and Ruth fe featuring Iggy telling one of her famous tall tales, and this all happened shortly before the bar. Oh. So here's a sport in the book. He was barbecue for sure, and Iggy and the old lady are not the same person. I'll read the book. Well, I'm not going to read the book, but I like the idea of reading the book. As long as there's a little good cannibalism in there. Um, I mean, that is a way to get rid of the body. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yes, they did. I, I I was like, am I misremembering this from another film? That is not what I thought was going to happen in that movie. Yeah, because now I definitely didn't see it. Because if I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, they ate that guy. It's probably been 30 years since I've seen it, or at least 29, 28 years. Like my mom watched it all the time that year. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's strange. It's that's definitely and it came out. I probably you know what. I, I probably lied. I probably didn't see this in 1991. This is the one movie I didn't because it was released in December 27, 1991. So I, my mom didn't start watching this till it came on pay-per-view, and that's when I saw it. So we probably did not see it till 92. So there's my my slip up there, Squeezer. Oh, that's all right. But it's spring of 92 because it would have been pay-per-view. It would have been a little early. Yeah. You didn't wait that full like nine months to a year for it to come out on tape. No, no. All right, that's that's all. That's mine. Uh, you have one more. Here it is. Oh. 
an innocent discovery. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. A powerful weapon. I will not rock it. A deadly conspiracy. They're working for a Nazi agent. An extraordinary adventure. Jenny's in trouble. We've got the girl. Here it comes. The rocket will come to us. I gotta be honest, when I was going through the year's releases, I was like, squeezer, 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 squeezer. <laughs> Adam, Adam Shemley, I was like, squeezer. Did uh, you nail every, pretty I, much everyone? I pretty much nailed, although I, I, I hook Adam Shemley and Rocketeer I had for you, but I thought you would go T2. I had T2, but then uh, when you said you were picking movies that you saw... In 91, I'm like, well... Which I clearly lied about. You clearly did lie. I'm like, well, I know as a kid I didn't see T2. I was at least, like, I was, like, 13 or 14 when I finally saw it. But, um... Now, Rocketeer, I definitely saw, and I was... I saw in the drive-in. I have a picture Uh, of us. I I have a picture... No, of me and my cousins. I've talked about on the last... A few shows ago, my cousins would come up in July, and uh, we'd always get together and um, uh, uh, like go to the drive-in. I have my grandma gave me a picture of us at the drive-in the night we were seeing uh, Rocketeer at the Shankweilers. Uh, see, it was I remember it was it was my birthday weekend. It was my birthday weekend. That, this. Well, it was um, it was my birthday weekend. Well, what your birthday is late July. Yeah, this came out in late July. It came out early July because I saw it on my oh, birthday weekend. Out, no, this wait, no, this came out in June. Yeah. Fuck. What we was I thinking we saw it. Ninety. We saw it. Uh, yeah, it came out June twenty first. We saw it over the Fourth of July weekend. Huh. Did they take me to a second-run theater for my birthday? Probably. Son of a bitch. It, it probably was in the theater for at least two months, though. Movies stayed in longer. It probably was. It, it was, and, and it did well. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it was, for, for what it was, it, it was and what, what's messed up, it's a comic book movie. Yes. And it, it's a, a comic book movie that's not Batman um, at that time. Uh, or Dick Tracy. Same thing. Which is a or comic strip movie, I guess. Oh, yeah. And both of them. They're great period pieces. I think um, Joe Johnson directed it. Who would go on to make uh, another little superhero movie that I think is pretty good. Um, Captain America. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, you got John Locke. Is playing. I think he's he's the best Howard Hughes. I mean, all right, Leonardo DiCaprio is pretty good too, but he is an awesome Howard Hughes. Um, and you have you have mobsters fighting Nazis with a guy in a jetpack on a zeppelin and shit's blowing up left and right, and you have a giant monster man with a wrench. It it's everything you want as a kid. Oh, and. I couldn't tell you how many times, like, I tried... Remember when they, like, strapped the rocket to the dummy? Right. How many times I took fireworks and okay, just for this recreated one, we are that on. scene? How many times you took fireworks and recreated it? 
Oh, that's oh all the time. Oh, I wanted to be the. I I made my own little rocket pack, and then I would just go around sticking gum on everything to seal their holes. Um, it helped because I, I was obsessed with it. I love this movie, and the fact that you have Mister Pricklepants in it as a Nazi, um, which th- this trailer does an amazing job at burning every twist there is. Like he spends like a good two thirds of the film as like he's your handsome movie star man, and then and the, but the trailer is like, and there are Nazis, and they show a picture of Timothy Dalton. I'm like what? It didn't hit me until now, after seeing the film 30 years ago. It's like, you guys blew the entire movie. Um, Right. Yeah. The production value is fantastic. Uh, It's actually, and it's a Disney superhero movie. It's a Disney movie. Is this the first Disney superhero movie? Uh, Well, technically, Dick Tracy is, kind of. Hmm. Because Dick Tracy was Disney also. It was. All right. Well, that was a year the, earlier. But it was a year earlier. Um, and but Disney's re they rehashed it. Uh, not rehashed. They re- relaunched it. There was a animated series that they put out on Disney Junior like a year or two ago. Oh really? That was pretty good. Yeah, it's uh his great granddaughter become like they, they passed the rocket pack down every generation. So on like her like seventh birthday or something like that, it's like here, kid, here's a rocket pack. I get it; it's for kids, so they want the kids to have this stuff. But you think they wait at least till they're like eighteen or now they're saying like what twenty six, you know, to pass the mantle. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I'm not. I'm not gonna hand a rocket pack to my seven year old eventually. Oh, at least what kind of good dad are you? Yeah. All right. Well, okay. No, because I don't want to give it. And it's not like I'm worried about her safety. It's like, fuck, I got a rocket pack. I'm not passing that up. Oh, there was Condor Man Squeezer, 1981. Condor Man. I don't know if you even can count Dick Tracy because that's a comic strip. It's true. But I'll, I'll let that... I'll let that slide. I mean, I love them both. I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, Condor Man. This was Disney? Yeah. Condor Man. Michael Crow. What is this movie? I know. I just Googled first Disney superhero movie. All right, that's fine. How do I watch this? I want to see Condor Man. I don't. I'm surprised it's not on, on Disney Blues. If I Google Condor Man streaming, Googling with the rad years. Googling with the rad years. No. Wait, maybe. Is it on the Disney? No, I can buy it on DVD. They didn't even bother making a Blu-ray. Damn it. Oh, well. 
Okay. All right. Damn it. Rocketeer, it. Rocketeer is the second flying superhero movie from Disney. Okay. Superseded 10 years earlier by Condor Man. Condor Man. Non-stop. It's non-stop comical chaos. Sounds fun. Yeah. All right. I think we said it all, Squeezer. Yeah. We've covered fun. the whole gamut of movies in 1991. Well, you sure did. Fried green tomatoes. Got... Yeah. I'm hey. keeping it light and airy, and you're bringing in cannibalism. I know. I know. It's hot. You were a scaredy pants as a kid. You wouldn't have liked the cannibal movie. Oh, no, I wouldn't have. I was that's one too many Kali Ma's right there. <laughs> Next week we are talking about video games from 1991, which is a weird year for uh, video games for a lot of people. But for for kids in America, Nintendo just came out two years earlier, so we were riding mm-hmm. high. Video games were hot for me in '91. '90-'91, hot years. So. Um, yeah, it should be fun. Video games from 1991. It could be Sega Genesis. It could be, it could be Game Boy. It could be computer games. Squeezer. It could be any video game from the year of oh, 1991. Nice. 30 years old. Then the following week on uh, March 24th, join us live to talk about toys from 1991. And on the last day of March, March 31st, we are talking about junk food from 1991. 91. But make sure to email us, rkatradiers.com or squeezeratradiers.com for our April 7th show, which is Listener's Choice. We're going to talk about 10 things you want us to talk about. And only you, the listener. It's your choice. Make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. It helps get the show out there. And um, join us next week. Right, Squeeze? Yes, please do. Um, this is the one I'm most excited about, video games. And that you want. It'll be fun. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week. Same rad time. Same rad channel. I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. See you, everybody.